What's up, my fellow firefighters and dedicated listeners of the Keep the Promise podcast? I have an extremely exciting announcement that I could not wait to share with you, so I hope you're ready. Starting today, for a limited time only, I'm offering you an incredible opportunity to join our exclusive Patreon community with a one-week free trial. That's right, an entire week to experience the amazing benefits resources, and connections that await you inside of our firefighter family. But this offer is more than just a trial. It's an invitation to step into a world where support, growth, and inspiration thrive. It's a chance to embrace a community that understands your dedication, your struggles, and the profound impact that you strive to make every single day. Imagine a place where you're surrounded by like-minded individuals who share your passion for service, who understand the demands and joys of the fire service, and also who stand shoulder to shoulder with you as you keep the promise that you made to your community. It's not about the benefits that you'll receive either. It's about the connections that you're going to forge, the friendships that you're going to nurture, and the support that you'll find when the weight of the world feels heavy on your shoulders. Look, as firefighters, we're not just bound by a profession. We're united by a deeper purpose, a calling to protect, to save lives, and to make a difference. And together, we can achieve so much more. During this one-week free trial, you'll have access to exclusive bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes insights, and a community that will rally around you, providing you encouragement, advice, and all the motivation that you need to become the best version of yourself, both on and off the job. So, my fellow firefighter, I invite you to take that leap, to join us in this extraordinary journey. Let us be the foundation that supports you, empowers you, and helps you overcome any obstacles that come your way. Head over to our Patreon page today at joinkeepthepromise.com. Again, joinkeepthepromise.com and claim your one-week free trial. Do not miss out on this opportunity to experience the strength of our community, the wisdom of our guests, and most importantly, the inspiration that awaits you. Together, we will keep the promise we made to our community, to ourselves, and to each other. I'll see you on the other side, my friend. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Keep the Promise podcast. I'm your host, TJ. And today I sit down with my co-host, Josh, to outline the shift expectations that we set for ourselves and the crews that we work with. To find out how you can become a well-rounded and resilient firefighter, check out our community at keepthepromisefire.com. Without further ado, here's the episode. Welcome to the Keep the Promise podcast, where we help build resilient and well-rounded firefighters. This one's going to be more so for the company officers, but it's going to catch everybody. Even before I got promoted, I saw two kinds of officers when they came to a new shift. Ones that would be like, hey, I'm going to take time and Mm -hmm. I'm just going to see what you all do. And then we'll reconvene in a couple weeks where we'll talk about. And it kind of gave me this feeling of... All right, you're just going to watch. You're going to keep the things you like, and you're going to do away with the things that you don't like, but you're going to take time to figure that out. It right. seemed like you were dragging us along a little bit, and it didn't sit well with me. And I knew it was always with the best of intentions. And then there are the other side of it where you'd come in day one. It's all changing, and this is the way it's going to be. I don't oh, care God. what you all did. This is the way it's going to be right now. That's cool. I respect that, but we had a couple really good things going here. Can we maybe hold on to those? Nope, this is the way it is. We're done here. And I remember both ways. I'd only, I would only really see one or the other. And it, I felt like a lot of value was being lost in both. So you're looking at it like there were two extremes, two polar kind of, opposites. I felt like it was two extremes. I remember when I first got promoted and then every assignment I've been at since, I wanted to find the balance. I don't want to lose sight of what you all have built 
because I'm now the new guy coming into the shift, whether I got transferred, reassigned, promoted, whatever the case may be, I'm coming to you all. I'm the new person. Yes, a lot of responsibility, good and bad, is going to come back on me. Yeah, for sure. But that doesn't mean that I want to disregard everything that you all have built. Like, I need to earn your... I don't come in there day one and lay the smack down and be like, thou shalt. That's not going to go over well. No, absolutely not. And especially given certain (laughs) crews. I will tell you, I'm probably the most anti-authority person. And being in the fire department, that's an interesting path to take. Because as soon as somebody comes in with that mindset of, I'm the law, this is what we're doing, everything is changing. It's almost like a reaction that I can't control. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to make your life a A lot of people are going to really just turn you off immediately. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to lose respect for nothing else. So I really have tried to find the middle ground between those two. Hold on to your strengths, but I'm going to lay out some expectations and we're going to create some vision together and we'll fill in the voids together because I don't want to, this isn't the Josh show. This is, we have to figure this out together, but I do think that there are a couple items that we can all get behind. These are principles that we can all live by. And as long as we follow those, we're going to be just fine. You're not trying to get rid of the shift identity. You're just trying to plug yourself into it. And I'm going to plug myself in. I want to make sure that everybody toes the line of the general mission and expectations that I have of them. Okay. And how I want you to conduct yourselves as a shift. Okay. And then from there, I'm going to back off and let you loose. And I only should reinsert myself if there's issues, I guess. Right. Now, I know for most people, their greatest strength can also be their greatest weakness. So I would say laissez-faire in that I want to create incredibly clear expectations. And we're going to hold up to those. I'm going to hold people accountable to those. And then I'm going to leave you alone. But the second I see people taking advantage of the leaving alone part, there's too much going on that doesn't fit into the mission, that's where I need to reinsert myself. And sometimes I've, I know, I've known I've done that in the past. I come in a little too late and then I got to pull back even harder. Okay. If things just really start going down the tubes, hasn't happened a lot. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah, right, thankfully. So I'm just going to start going in. Like when yeah, I come yeah. into the shift, like day one, We're, hey guys, it's transition. We're going to sit at the table. Let's talk some things out. So let me make sure I have this straight. You are basically setting up your, obviously to succeed as a mm-hmm. good, as a good leader should, but also give, almost like giving them enough rope to hang themselves. And it's you're waiting to see what they do with it and how well they take upon that responsibility. Yeah. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm laying in wait. That's definitely no, absolutely not. You if you're a company officer and you're just waiting for your crew to do something stupid, just don't, don't, <laughs> we all see it. No, that's not going to build. Okay. So run me through how you sit your shift down with the expectations. Say it's shift zero or shift one. Yeah, like this is you show yeah. up, like, what do you do? Because having been there as a mm-hmm. firefighter, every time you get somebody new, the crews are talking, maybe your senior firefighters like, hey guys, this is the plan. A lot of that unofficial leadership chain that's working overtime when you get a new officer yeah, in place. Sure. And now I want to hear it from your perspective. Yeah. When you show up, how you just get everything out on the table. Yeah. Let me back up just a touch. Going into that shift, hopefully the outgoing officer and I have talked. We have our own little transition. That's super healthy. Hey, what am I getting into? What are some of the strengths? What are the things you've been working on? What's motivating people? Do you have any issues? How have you identified them? What have you done to correct them? And then who's your go-to people? Like, hopefully you have that one senior presence that is, hey, this is the person you're going to lean on for a lot of things. And they help run the floor. They're Mm -hmm. your right-hand person. And that really helps. Sometimes you can do a quick check-in with them. So 
hopefully that groundwork is already laid. Although some people chuck the deuces like, good luck. They're like, all right, I'm going to got a lot of things to figure out on my own. That was the first time, first assignment, first got promoted. That's kind of what happened. That's going to be tough. Had another officer. I was a firefighter, but when I went in, they didn't really have a good shift wide conversation but they pulled people in individually shut the door oh was like, no give me the good the bad and what needs to change and what are your goals also and most people i think they were so caught off guard they're like it's kind of like, no, everything's fine everything's good and it was really hard to right out the gate i've known you for an hour you shut the door i'm by myself with you and you want me to just spill my guts good and bad like i'm just not super comfortable i'm putting like, up my shield at that there's point. zero trust like i don't even know the dude's first name maybe i want to bring down the tension okay that's first and foremost do your equipment checks make sure you're ready for calls we'll do house duties then we'll go talk at the the kitchen table. We're going to pour some coffee and we're going to talk this out. Hopefully I'm going to start already bringing the tension down a little bit. Right? Yeah. Cause I know I'm the new guy. It's weird. Like they're trying to figure me out. So we all sit around the table. I'm like, hi friends. I make sure everybody has my phone number and I have theirs right out the gate. So that way they know they can come to me and they can get a hold of me for what they need right out the gate. They have my contact info. I start with some like uniform attendance stuff. So we know the fire department is an incredibly vicious animal yeah. and reputation is so much. So I know our shift start at 7am. If you show up past 630, you have a reputation, whether you like it or not. Now I say straight up, I cannot make you come in early. I will not make you come in early. If you want to show up at 655, that's your thing. I want to be very clear that the fire department is a vicious animal and your reputation means a lot. And some people, yeah, show up at five, five thirty, maybe even earlier. If you're showing up past six thirty, it is what it is. It's what our culture has said is yeah, being, yeah. hey, you're not doing so hot right out the gate. If you want to show up at six fifty-five, like I said, I can't force you. One thing I do expect is that by seven AM when our shift starts, is that you're in an appropriate uniform and that your gear is at least checked. Your gear's on the rig, your bottle has been checked. You are at least ready to run fires. I think we can all get behind that. Dude, nothing <laughs> like, worse than a shift change box. And then you're scrambling. You, yeah, you're scrambling. Or you haven't checked your stuff. My anxiety level goes through the roof when something like that happens. Because I'm like, here's hoping the guy before me or the gal before me put plenty of air in that cylinder. Yeah. And then the person before you left it at 4,300, 4,200. It should be at 45, 46, 4,700. 4,750 when the fucking pressure relief valve goes off. That's where it should be. And somebody left it at 41. Oh my God. And your gear's not on the wagon. You're not in uniform because you showed up at 655. Yeah. Like I said, I can't force you. One, you got a reputation. Two, you're not prepared. Yeah. So that's on you. But by 7 a.m., this is what's up. Okay. So now you're, you've reiterated the official start time. But you've also yeah. outlined, not the expectations per se, but the perceptions about start yeah. times and about when you show up and how you are. Okay, so yeah. you came to me and you're like, yo, TJ, be ready to go by 7 a.m., all your stuff ready to go to a fire. I'm like, okay, yes, sir. Yeah, what we're, next? All, yeah we're all sitting around the table. We're all, yeah. Okay, wait. so it's a whole shift. Yeah, the entire shift. The whole yes. shift. Right. Everybody's sitting down together. Also, look, keeping with attendance, if you need to call out sick, I know things happen. Whatever the case may be. If you could text me and or the senior firefighter, is that we were not looking for you? Yeah. Because I can't tell you how many times it's happened where you're str like, where's this person? Oh, no, they called out sick. Who's coming in? Who's, who's We can start figuring that out. Maybe somebody can hold over. It's just about building a little bit of accountability. So if you got to call out sick, listen, I know it is yours. It's your leave. 
use it however you want to just make sure it's not overly excessive keep it within policy that's all i'm looking and for. now that we're talking about sick leave is the perfect time for me to bring up our mantra that we talked about the burnout burnout so if you are listening to this on the public podcast go hit up the patreon keep the promise fire.com where you can have access to the burnout episode that we did and we talked about everything from using your sick leave missing concerts hanging out with your family and that very delicate balance of being at work and being your best self at work, but also being able to shut off, unplug, and go live your life outside the fire department. So again, keep the promise fire.com, get that episode. And Josh, we're back at the kitchen table. We we're back talking about expectations. Right, right. And something I always bring into play are the parents with kids, right? I'm married. I've got two daughters. Sometimes the craziness happens where, hey, I can't come in until 640 because I'm navigating things with my wife and her schedule or the bus, whatever. That's fine. That gives me another layer of understanding for your situation. I appreciate that. I'm glad you let me know. That's all I'm looking for. Attitude and respect. It reflects leadership. It's infectious. So much of my attitude is going to set the tone for the rest of the shift. Oh, absolutely. So I think consistency is key, right? You can be the best, most jovial person on the shift. And the second you flip the switch, like we know those people that have alter egos or 11 o'clock at night and you run those calls and wow, this is a totally different person. They are much meaner than I thought. (laughs) We're just having a consistent behavior. I think that's huge. And that comes back on me hundred percent and how I conduct myself is going to be infectious for the rest of the shift. And I expect them to uphold like a respectful quality as well. We know that it just takes one person. It's like a cancer. It just takes one person. Don't be that person like straight up. You can have the best shift with all the rock stars and they can insulate a lot of that. A weak shift has a much harder time. But even if you have the best shift in the world, it takes one person to ruin all that and make it so much more difficult, especially if it comes from the top. So I need to keep myself buttoned up, but everybody needs to play their part. So people are going to watch what you're doing. Even if it doesn't seem like it, if you're sitting there on your phone for 24 of the hours of the day, people are going to know. We figure people out really quickly. Yeah, because we're vicious. We talk about We are vicious. And then with attitude, we're here for the community first and foremost. That is why we're here, is to provide an awesome service to the community. Yes, we're quote unquote first responders. There's no second responders. There's nobody else coming. So they call us on the worst day of their lives. We need to give them awesome care. We need to uphold a really high standard of quality and we need to have really good top-notch bedside manner. Yeah. Straight up. Don't be a D. I don't know <laughs> how else to say it. We're going to deal with very difficult personalities and the more difficult they are, I will insert myself more into that situation to help insulate the rest of the shift so okay. they can go do their work. Okay. There will be a lot of calls that I'm not there or I've got other stuff going on. Top-notch bedside manner matters. Yeah. That's it. And we're not talking just EMS calls, medical stuff, like bedside matters is explaining to somebody why they're smoke alarm is going off explain the why I'm not saying it's more in this generation i know previous generations like no just do it if you help people understand the why of things you're gonna get so much more buy-in and that's not just interpersonal or inter shift that's even for the community and within reason yeah yeah i'm not gonna explain to you how you know the photoelectric smoke detector works unless you're right. some engineer but at the same time i feel that we show up on days that they are lost they are confused like Mm -hmm. they're calling us for help and it's going to put them at ease if they can say instead of oh they fixed my smoke detector oh they explained to me that the reason it's chirping is because it needed a new battery now i need a new one okay now when you get that sort of like you said that buy-in from them that they're part of the solution and yes we're powering them and i feel ultimately what we should both when dealing with people in the community is empower each other empower them to be kind be kind yes it's 3 a.m 
I don't know why, but 90% of fire alarms, oh God. this is Josh math and statistics <laughs> happen after midnight and the fire alarm goes off. You look on the back of the smoke detector yeah. and a lot of times it says if it's chirping like this, it means this, if it's chirping like that, it means that educate the citizen, right? Oh. Let them know what's up and let that be rage. <laughs> right. Like and you've created buying for them. You're kind. A lot of times they're apologetic. Hey, listen, this is why we're here, right? Yeah. And even if they're not, if they're not apologetic. Kill them with kindness at the end of the day. And now here's where I start getting into some of the priorities. We're talking about attitude, timeliness. Here's the priorities of the shift. This is what I expect of a general layout. And this is how things, this is how I've organized things. And it's worked really well for me. Okay. Totally. Anybody can take it or change it up as you see fit. Like it doesn't have to be this way. But as soon as we get in, equipment checks, house duties, make those things go away. Our gear and our rigs are priority number one inside the firehouse. Make sure it's tip top shape, right? Take care of the house duties. And then we're going to do breakfast transition. Training wise, I like to hammer that thing out right after transition when we get the shift together and get the plan together. That gives us the opportunity for a couple things. We can get right into it. We can knock it out. And if we can, they have the rest of the day to do a couple other things, self-study, workouts, whatever the case may be. Busy assignments. If you organize it later in the day, like you may just never get to it. Oh yeah. So if you're getting busy and you try to get to get it done first thing in the day, or excuse me, immediately in the day, as you get the calls, you at least have the rest of the day to play catch up and get into it. And that's really helpful. Like, hey, now we got to get it after. But if we were already planning for after lunch, we didn't do anything for those first six hours mm-hmm. and we get busy, we're already behind the yeah, ball. Yeah, it's over. Now, here's a question because yeah. you know where I come from and yeah. you know that we have some we used to have some very involved trainings that you'd go out on calls and then you'd have to come back and pick up again. Barely even time to eat or go to the sure. bathroom and then immediately back to upriding the trash truck. And then I know somebody right now is twitching <laughs> because they know what I'm talking about. At what point do you feel you have to be like, it's not happening today? Well, yeah, we're done here. Like at what point do you as the officer, how much input do you take from the crew? Because again, like I'm going to be the guy that I'm already complaining. I'm like, I'm done, dude. Yeah. We've run three calls trying to get the stupid trash truck side up. I don't care anymore. Bishop can do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I, I want to yeah. in my lunch at four in the afternoon and I want to try to get a shower and some sleep. It's, it's kind of a check in the okay. pulse this shift. There's a couple things I try to keep in mind though. One is I try to keep trainings to an hour. Okay. Some are definitely going to be much more involved. Shoot for an hour. Okay. If I start getting above that, I got to do a check-in and be like, no, we're done here. I think it's really awesome when, hey, we accomplished what I wanted to have done. And the firefighters are like, this is awesome. Or, hey, I, I had this question. Oh, and they this. add more. And they go. Yeah. And they take off. Don't get in their way. That's amazing. You want that, right? So don't get in their way of them wanting to do more. So let that happen. I've totally been on the shifts, though, where I've had officers that are so high output that they were going. And it was the driver or the senior guy was like, we need to stop. We're done here. <laughs> it's been four hours. They haven't eight. I don't think they've even got a bottle of water. Let them go. <laughs> they need a minute. But if we get through lunch and it's already like that three, four o'clock ish time when now we're thinking like, hey, we need to figure out like dinner. And if you haven't, if you've spent the first like 10 hours of the day and you haven't gotten to it because of sheer volume, like abort mission, okay. pull out. Because at that point, what are you gaining? I think you can get resentment out of that. You're, yeah, exactly. You're going to get resentment. One thing I might try to involve is like on these calls. Hey, you know what? I can already see how this day's tracking. We're out on this. We're out in a garden apartment for the fourth time for a patient assist. Let's go pull a line to that stairwell. Yeah. It's going to take five minutes to pull it, re-rack it, talk a couple things out, yep. get it back on the rig. 
hashtag stretch every day. At least we That's got something fun. in yeah. and I can clear my conscience on that end. So a little more OJT style, I'm good with that. And that's so much more valuable too, to pull your own hand lines yes. in real environments yes. where you're actually going to pull them. It hits a fan. Yep. Yeah. You got to pivot. Got to pivot. Okay. Don't okay. get so entrenched in, I got to do this, that you lose sight of what else is going on. All right. So now we've um, done, we've talked train. about uniforms, timeliness, talked about training. What yeah. Else? So here's where I get into a little bit of my soapbox for just the preparedness and wellness fitness. More days than not, we should be working out. Now we work the 2448 schedule to get the most bang for your buck for physical fitness. It needs to be five, maybe six days a week. Definitely minimum four. Yeah. Any less than that, you're really losing a lot of benefit. Yeah. Anything's better than nothing, 100%. But I try to work out on the days that I'm working. It's tough. Now, there are jurisdictions around us that will laugh at our numbers, but like some of our engines are running in the 4,000s and our medic units are in the 4,000s. That's it's pretty busy. The beast. <laughs> it's pretty busy. It's definitely not a Baltimore City or Chicago or Philly or some of these other places, but it's enough to keep us going. Yeah. Sometimes it'd be really hard to get a workout in. So sometimes you got to pivot there too. If you're somebody who's not going to work out, I expect you to be doing it on your 48 hours off. If you're not, you're a liability to yourself and everybody else around you. You're a liability, yeah. 100%. It is what it is. If you're not, and you're not holding up your end of the bargain. I say that all the time. I know for me, right around two or three o'clock, it's post-training, it's post-lunch, it's pre-dinner. It's when a lot of guys want to chill and take a nap. It's when I like to hit my workout. And a lot of people on the shift, they come out and we all grind out together and it works out really well. If you want to be a part of that, awesome. If you want to do your own thing, that's fine too. If you're not going to work out on shift, I expect you to be doing it on your days off. Fortunate for us, we have general orders and things that we can attach to, like thou shalt. Yes. You need to be physically yes. prepared. And obviously, we're going to expand on that a lot for what we do. We have our own programming that we're putting out to people. Mm. It is paramount. It will save your life. It saved my life multiple times, literally. And I even have data to prove it. So it is a priority. You got 10 minutes in a day, do burpees for 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, j just do something. Just move. Dude, just move. Just move. Just One of the so things I hear a lot is, I don't want to be tired for that call. Oh, dude, I hate that. I hate that. When you train physical fitness, you are also teaching your body how to recover quickly. Mm -hmm. The less you work out, the less your body responds and is learning how to adapt and recover. Even a hard workout, by the time you get on scene, your body should be recovered enough to totally handle that incident. And you're training for that as well. I say that everybody's entitled to an off day. We're all going to have these days where, man, I'm just not firing on all cylinders today. Check in with yourself. Check in with the other shift mates. Be like, hey, man, I'm just, I'm having an off day. I respect that. Somebody comes to me and, hey, I'm having an off day. I'm totally fine with that. We all may have our struggles. If you can talk to me or somebody and you just want to have some connection there and be like, you just talk through that. Maybe it helps you blow off some steam, whatever. Where I get worried is that if it becomes commonplace. If it's every single shift, if it's multiple shifts in a row, then you're going to really start not just affecting yourself, but it's affecting everybody around you. Correct. It's affecting your service to the citizens. And even on your worst day in the firehouse, you still need to hold up your end of the bargain out in the mm -hmm. community. Absolutely. You still have to be kind. And I don't expect anything less. I don't expect you to like just get completely reamed out and not stand up for yourself if something's going on, but be kind. Yeah. I don't care how bad your day is going. Just be kind. And I'm going to do as much as I can as an officer and as hopefully a friend and a peer to insulate and protect you as much as I yeah. can too. give you resources if you need it. But yes, people are going to have off days. Don't let that become normal. Don't let it become frequent. That's what I'm looking for. And if you're having issues, like there are resources out there. Let's figure it out. Service. The community expects us to perform and it's not an unrealistic expectation. We already hit on this. Like poor attitudes will not be tolerated. Even on difficult calls, we, no matter what, 
we can educate the community when we can, but we still need to be able to perform our duties. And then I start hitting on some general things. So I say it, a lot of people say it, but I truly mean it. It's an open door policy. If it's something a senior firefighter can handle, let them handle it. Okay. As a shift, go for it. If it's something a little grander, you feel like you just need to come to me, that's fine too. I think I've done a pretty good job. A lot of people say this too. We're going to handle it at the lowest level possible. We have done that. I think with my years on the, the union executive board, I've learned really well how to navigate a lot of murky mm-hmm. waters and it's happened, but we can't handle it at the lowest level. That should be a goal as a company officer. You don't have to call the battalion chief for everything. That's one of the last things you should do. Keep them informed yeah. if you need to. <laughs> yeah. If you if don't you need, need to, don't make them don't. do their job. Because sometimes then they have to insert themselves. Yes. yes. Don't get yourself in a trick bag, but handle it where you can. That's your job as a company officer. I hate to say this, but one of the most well-respected officers we had in our county, the O'Neill brothers, I remember one of them would say, listen, no offense, if you do something wrong and it's between my job and yours, it ain't going to be me. I like, mean, if you, you do something yeah. so egregious... Like, I don't expect anybody to take the fall for you or get wrapped up into your No, BS. absolutely. No, that's on you. Yeah, that's, that's on you. <laughs> at some point, I'm going to help you. responsible person. I'm going to try to help you handle it as much as I can, but we're not going to get wrapped up and get in a trick bag because of something you did. I'm going to help it insulate it as much as I can. We'll help you. That's where we draw the line, right? If you see something, say something. At the end of the day, I'm the officer, so I'm still responsible for whatever happens inside that firehouse. I'm going to call you every time I see an unattended bag at the firehouse. (laughs) Say something. Here's something that I really hit on that it ruffles some feathers. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, this is a good one. I will provide opportunities, but I will not be fair. At first glance, it sounds really rough, right? Let's unpack that. You have two people that want to become a cleared engine driver. I'm going to provide you the same opportunity. I promise you that I will make sure that you get your classes. I will support you in your classes. We will do as much training as possible. I will run you through the ringer and the gamut of all the skills and the KSAs that you need okay. to become a proficient engine driver for our first due and for our jurisdiction. Yeah, It's going to be a formalized process. I'm going to have very clear expectations and steps. I'm going to walk you through all of them. If you are the person, I have two people, one person getting their CDL if you need it, taking their pumps classes and they're going through and they're motivated every morning. Hey, run me through this. Hey, I'm going to do the engine checks with the driver. Right. Person two is over there. Now I'm on the AMBO today. Like I'm just going to write it off or Hey, maybe I'm normally on the AMBO, but this is my rest day. Oh, it's my rest day. I'm going to kick my feet up. They have to be forced out to be a part of the shift. I have to physically take them and get them to sign up for their classes. I'm providing everybody the same opportunities, but when push comes to shove and want person A or person B has to be cleared, I'm going to clear person A. Yeah. So that's where I don't have to be fair. Okay. I need to document appropriately. I need to make sure I hold up my end of the bargain. But at the end of the day, I can't teach you initiative and discipline. I want that out of you. I'm going to help you out as much as I can. So that's what I mean by I'm going to provide the opportunities, but I don't necessarily need to be fair. No, that sounds rough when you say it. But it should be. (laughs) But for what we do, I need you to hold up your end of the bargain. Yeah. It's it's all about, it's a give and take. And I think... We say the phrase, I'm on the medic, so it's my rest day, because we have heard it. I normally ride the medic. I'm on the engine today. I'm just going to rest. And we have issues with medic. Mm-hmm. have severe cases of burnout, but sure. we have also seen those. Get beat f- up. Yeah, badly. But we've seen the folks who managed to do all that stuff. We know Kristen, she got cleared as a backup engine driver at one of our busiest stations. And she's and she was phenomenal at it. And she and took she was every the medic opportunity at the time. to learn. And I think had the most calls out of anybody in the county yeah. documented. That's one. And she's a rock star. One of our Absolute peers who, yeah, took that shit sandwich, if you will, and mm-hmm. said, I'm just, I'm going to make the best out of it. And then she transferred over to me, the second business medic unit. 
yeah. on like the second busiest engine at the time or whatever it was and kept grinding. Yeah. Like she didn't rest on her principles. She kept going. And of course I want to support that person. Yeah. And that's to say that it's doable. Yeah. You're going to have to grind, but show me the passion. And also, I don't want to say, I guess jealous because I, my path to getting cleared as a backup engine driver, it's, it, it was simple. I'm a BLS firefighter. I, it is simpler. And sure. we were sitting at engine truck and medic house. So mm-hmm. I, our rotation was pretty solid. Yeah. But if you look at somebody like her who managed to get cleared after running 10, 15 calls every shift with transports, like that achievement probably feels a lot better to her than mine does to me. Okay. So you, you don't have to be fair. Let's, I like that one. I you think it's fair, but you have to provide an opportunity. Yeah. Provide the opportunity. You don't have to be fair. Yeah. I think it's going to be polarizing enough, but I like it. I think it's going to create conversation. <laughs> There's probably somebody out there that's much more intelligent that can reframe that in a way that sounds a little kinder, gentler, yeah. maybe all encompassing, but that's something I've always. Somebody's running to HR right now. Like, <laughs> Listen to what these motherfuckers are saying. <laughs> Just discipline in general. If something happens, we're going to roll with it. If there's a rule, follow it. Here's where I will go to bat for you. If there's a rule on it, yes, we should be following it. We have general orders and county code and all kinds of employee manuals that we need to follow. But people need to be able to sleep well at night. If there is a rule that needs to be broken to save somebody's life, I, I've, I'm going to try to go to bat for you on that one. Yeah. We look, I think it's Atlanta. The guy Oh, yeah. In. Danny would go. Danny would go. Yeah. That's a perfect example. Yeah. Like he's He wouldn't have been able to sleep at night no, absolutely if he didn't not. go in and save, Can you imagine? save those people. So... Sometimes that comes into play. Here's one I'll throw at people just for like promotional scenarios. You have a paramedic who's a clear nationally registered paramedic, but they're not a paramedic within your jurisdiction, or maybe they drop their status, right? But this diabetic patient's getting ready to go into a cardiac arrest because they're so low. Right. We don't have any paramedics beyond a shadow of a doubt. You can get that IV and give the medication. What do you do? We're talking a major moral dilemma because everything, every single law and regulation, if one little thing goes wrong, that's your job. That's it. It's over. That's it. Yeah. You're done. You're, you're facing consequences, big ones. But as just a human being, you know that you can save that person. What do you do? I think we are about to establish a baseline for who we are and what we expect in this community, in this podcast. I'm hoping everyone listening is being like, oh, that's a no-brainer. I'm going to do something. Like, I think so. It's a tough pill to swallow. It's, right? it's a tough pill to swallow. Super but tough pill to swallow. If one thing goes wrong, it's you, It's the officer's ass and it's your ass. You probably will have lost your job. But at the end of the day, can you sleep at night? I'm not. Right. Can you sleep at night? I'm not a medic, but I'm also not watching somebody die in front of me. You know what I mean? It's, right. It and you have to the- know and you have to, you have to trust your abilities and your skills enough to know, no, I know I can do something right now. Yeah. I can start an IV, push meds, boom, we're good. That's what, that reminds me of when we had one of the, one of the volunteers who had a cardiac arrest out at station three all those years ago. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was Black Friday because I found him like out on the parking lot having the big one. Like the dude let out his like this like death rattle in front of me. It was horrifying. And one of the BLS firefighters that was at that station that day is also an army medic. So there were a couple paramedics and they're all doing stuff or doing compressions or trying to get lines in. And he just looked at me, he's like, I can get a line. I'm like, dude, I don't think anyone's going to say anything. I don't think as you as a BLS provider, like you can get a line on this dude who is part of our community, part of our fire service community, no one's going to say anything. Then I don't think anyone did. And I think... Got to keep it within reason. Yeah. I think the medics might have said that it was them. I hope I don't get anyone jammed up. <laughs> but whatever. The dude's still alive. And yeah, I feel like that's something we should reason. explore. Like, maybe we should have... This is a whole other conversation we can split out. Yeah, for sure. We should call Danny from Atlanta. And then we should get some sort of... Ooh, who's that lawyer? Like, Kurt Verone, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah we, we should get a couple of like, <laughs> people who are in the know and be like, okay, okay. Here's I have a question. conversation. Fight it out. I have scenarios. 
But that's what I want to say. You need to be able to stand up for the right decision. You need to be able to sleep at night. Yes. And you need to be able to face the consequences. Yes. And if you can check those boxes and be like, no, I did the right thing. I got your back. We may be looking for another job, but I got your back. <laughs> and don't do dumb stuff just willy-nilly just because, oh, I think I know. There's a role. We're going to follow it. Yeah. I'm not saying this is gospel. These are one-offs, like once in your career type yeah. thing. This is a fun one, safety naps. The culture that I came up in and probably you too was you will not nap. If you get caught napping, you will get hung. Oh yeah. And over time, I think we figured out the research. Like I say that I have nap anxiety. I can't take a nap to save my life because I'm fearful that a like, battalion chief's going to walk around the corner. Or the fire chief. Fire take a chief. selfie with you. Yeah. We know a guy. What I will say though is, listen, I know how important they are. I expect you to have everything done. Equipment checks, house duties, training, workout. And then I go back to the 30, 60, 90. A lot of research out there that says you get benefit from those three. If you're like dressed down to your boxers under the covers and you're sleeping for four hours, yeah, way off. This is a power nap. Yeah. You're not like just checking out. The one caveat being if you worked like a 48, yeah. you got sick kids at home, like whatever the case is. And you, hey, Lou, Cap, all my stuff is done. I am crushed right now. Okay. Get as much in as you yeah. can. That's the only curveball though. Commun yeah. That boils down to go. communicating. Yeah. And just, yeah, just communicate that with me. Get your 30, 60, 90 in, but everything's got to be done. So case by case basis. I do want to know people's goals. If you want to promote, if you want to take classes, you got ideas in the morning you want to come to for training. What I like, I want to know what that is. So many people just by communicating a little bit, you find out that they're carpenters or electricians, mm -hmm. they work on solar, they're mechanics. Case may be they speak different languages like that helps See? us out. That is such a crucial thing because sometimes you don't know until you're on calls. You're like, oh man, I don't know how to navigate this. And then the one year guy in the back is like, actually, I know how to handle this and make this mm -hmm. problem go away. That's really good information to have. Cut them loose. Let them shine. Empower them. Yeah. Empower 100%. Them. Empower them. Don't get in their way. But try to figure out what those are on the front end. Do you think, and we're, I'm opening a can of worms that, that we can uh, deal with later, but do you think that everybody should have promotional aspirations? No. I feel that our department sometimes pushes that corporate ladder mentality. I remember I got a phone call from a now captain saying, hey, I can send you to a conference, but I have to know that, and it was the Leadership Under Fire conference, like awesome mm -hmm. conference, amazing speakers, sure. some of the like most hard hitting events. But I had to lie and say that I wanted <laughs> to promote because in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I want to see these people, but you're coming to me and you're telling me, hey, I'm your fifth choice. Everybody else has mm -hmm. scheduling conflicts. I'm like, yeah, I definitely, I want to be a lieutenant and I want to be a captain. I want to be a battalion chief one day. I want to run the department. Right. Fuck no, I don't want to do any of that stuff, yeah, okay. but I want to go learn from these dudes and gals because sure. they know their stuff. And you can bring that back to your shift. Yeah. hundred percent. No, yeah. we need good senior people. They are oftentimes the lifeblood of the shift. Right? Mm -hmm. We need that person. So to say that every person should have the aspiration to promote. I don't, uh, I think it's bogus. And that's a whole other conversation too. Like yeah. getting into why you should promote. Uh, there's a lot of things I want to say. I'm going to reserve that for later yeah. because that's, Deal. yeah, that's a good one that we can get into. I always do. I always assign everybody a shift duty and a backup yep. like a secondary. So that way there's a lot of crossover. So that way, if somebody's off, it doesn't get completely neglected. They work together. They have to communicate on it. And if one person's off, it's not a fail point. It's not a, it's not a chick in our armor. Yep. There's some redundancy built in that system. And that way, if somebody promotes or they transfer or whatever, we already have somebody that kind of knows what needs to happen. And this yep. can be for anything like 
conducting training, tracking writing assignments, shop supplies, even just really simple things that really mean a lot. So we get into that. Now, this one specifically for the recruits, your crew manual. I know for us, and maybe this is a little bit different around the nation, but we have a recruit manual. I expect to be knocking out like a chapter a month, but put some clear expectations on them. Like shoot for this. I'm going to keep checking in with you. I'm going to keep supporting you. Work with your senior guy. We always assign him a mentor. Okay. It doesn't always have to be, it doesn't. I don't think it, it should, be, should be me. It should not be the officer. Yeah. Give it to another firefighter because that's more on their level. Maybe they were just in that role, but you can help them gate all those murky waters and just the stress of your first year. And it's funny that you mentioned that because we have a very junior guy he's i think it's going on two years and i have never seen him shine as he does when he's dealing with the new recruit and yeah, we going yeah. back to this culture of empowerment this culture of mm-hmm. letting your people loose and do their thing yeah it is so amazing to watch somebody who struggled at first basically say hey this is the mistake i made you don't want to make it yeah i'm going to show you how not to i'm going to show you why you shouldn't make this mistake and i'm going to hold you accountable like it's that's a force multiplier that's the so lieutenant, cool. the Let captain, go. Yeah. nobody else has to be watching. You make sure the new recruit doesn't end up running into traffic because he's so <laughs> annoyed with everything. But it is incredible. And I'm yeah. thankful that the officer I have is big on empowering people in, in that regard. Empower people. I think it's Empower them, yeah, yep. phenomenal. I always tell them, if you're in your first year, unless you get invited in and it's something specific, you shouldn't be watching TV. Agreed. And you probably shouldn't be on your phone. Definitely. Especially with social media. I've had people, I've looked over there, they're about to conduct a training for their Mm -hmm. manual or whatever. And they're like, all right, you ready? And like, yeah, yeah, hold up. And I'm literally watching them play a game on their phone and they got to finish a couple moves. Dude, you can't lose a game. Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Now I've had people that like, hey, I'm getting ready to buy a house. The realtor's getting ready to call me or, Hey, I got a sick family member at home. Cool. Let me know. Like, absolutely support that person. But if that not, that's going on. Probably shouldn't be on there. There's enough for you to do and figure out throughout the day on your shift where you don't really need to be attached to that thing. Yes, emergencies come up, handle them. Just let me know what they are on the front end. If you have free time, you should be working on your manual, looking over the compartments of all the apparatus, clean something, study your first do, know how to get the places, know how to get the hospitals, like know all that. Hell, break something and fix it. (laughs) Within within reason. reason. Within reason. Right. For sure. Take it apart, put it back together. I'm all about it. Yeah. Go for it. Somebody's maybe cleaning a saw, be like, listen, I'm going to be watching over your shoulder. Are you cool with me asking questions? And then they might tell you. Hopefully that person is going to support you in that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're passing on a little bit by little bit. And as a recruit, there's a lot of menial tasks that are going to be placed on you. Just embrace them. Like it's a, straight yeah, it's a up. Test. Everyone was in your shoes at one point, And most people had it worse before you than you have currently, <laughs> typically. Our mentality of, oh, I had it the I had worst. it so much there worse. Was, there is some truth to that. There is. Yeah. As an older person, more senior in the department, you don't have to play that up. Yeah. Support them. But yes, you will probably have to do the bathroom duties. And you will be riding the ambulance a lot mm-hmm. more. Embrace it because everybody else had to do it. It's going to teach you a lot of really good discipline. And I know that if you do those tasks really well, when we get on the fire ground, I won't have to worry if you checked your BA. If Do you know how to check the pattern on the nozzle if you're using fog? Yes. <laughs> Hopefully it's, you pulled the smooth war, but well, that's easy. We don't want to piss too many people line. off. If you're really embracing all those smaller, what you consider to be mm-hmm. mundane tasks, I don't have to worry about you. Later on down the line, when we're getting into the shit of things. What's that saying? Like how you do anything is how you do everything. You do everything. That's going to be a mantra. If we haven't already published it, it's coming up. It's up there. So stay positive. Reject the negative. This is the best job in the entire world.
and I've pulled people up when they were having really bad days or they're getting really burnt out. We try to figure out what the root causes are, but at the end of the day, if they're just having the shits of the firehouse, I always ask them, what'd you do before you came here? I was a golf pro. I worked in landscaping. I dug, I literally, I dug ditches. I was a lifeguard. Right. I worked in an office. Uh, I was a dentist. I was a CPA 100% of the time. When I ask them, would you rather be doing that or would you still rather be doing this on your worst day? They always choose the fire department. Sometimes we're having bad days, but we need to zoom out, realize how good we have it and how awesome of a profession we have. Yeah. Volunteer career doesn't matter. Zoom out and keep things in perspective because we do have one of the greatest jobs in the world. A lot of people don't want to go back to what they used to do. So just keep that in perspective. I'm not saying that that's the catch all. And okay, then stop complaining. Whatever you got going on, let's tackle that issue. But, but let's get that perspective. But let's get that perspective yeah. right. Because sometimes we got that's, really good. that sobers you up real quick. For me, yeah, I have my really hard days, but somebody's still paying me to drive a fire engine with my friends <laughs> every third day. Come right. on. That's really it. At the, at the, I close it up. Hey, let's have some fun. Let's have fun. Let's do good things. Lay the expectations. I get organized the day a little bit. I let you know how I expect the shift and you as an individual conduct yourself. Mm -hmm. And outside of that, I'm telling you, like, as soon as we hit those couple check marks, like we run calls, we do our training, we work out, everything's done. I can look at the battalion chief in the eyes and say, Hey, we're good. The day's yours. Like it's, we've accomplished and my consciousness is clear. We've done good today. Yes. The day's yours. I'm going to leave you alone. But at the end of the day, let's have fun and let's provide an awesome service to the citizens. Good deal. I'm out. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. It's, it's awesome hearing from that perspective from the company officer, because I think as firefighters, it's easy for us to get bogged down by the ultra authoritarian guy or the very laissez faire guy mm -hmm. that you're just like, okay, this guy's coming in. He's just checking stuff. He's going to yeah. see you for a month. What do you, let expect? me see what I can get away with or the yeah, like right. authority figure coming in. This is law. I'll be like, okay, bet I'm going to undermine you. You're going to, you're always <laughs> right. going to have contrarians. Or we had this thing that was working really well for us. Like why? So, so I think that's a solid framework. It's worked for you. I've been in some of your shifts where you just showed up and a couple months later and like we, the rising tide lifts all ships and, yeah. and it's ultimately a team effort. So yeah. yeah, dude, thank you for sharing that. It's going to resonate with a lot of people. I hope. And, and let us know if you have questions. Absolutely. By all you means, know. you know how to get a hold of us. You know the best way to to be part of the community. Keep the promisefire.com. Also, while you're listening, before you head out of this app, go ahead and drop us a review. Make sure you subscribe so you can be the first one to hear the next episode when it comes. Be good and be safe. See you soon. See you. Hey guys, TJ here. I want to take this time to give a special shout out to all the people who have already started supporting our Patreon. Now, obviously, this podcast is public, and the internet being what it is, I'm just going to give the first initial of your last name to keep the creeps at bay. So, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you goes out to Michelle D, Ryan D, Stuart H, Troy M, Michael C, Jake L, Nick B. Tyler G, JB, Anthony P, Scott H, and Ralph S. Guys and gals, thank you so, so much for believing in us, for supporting this crazy endeavor. If you're listening to this and your name's not called, head on over to keepthepromisefire.com, find a tier that you like, and start enjoying the extra perks. Again, guys, thank you so much. Take care. Be good. Bye. Hey, everyone. It's TJ here from Keep the Promise. As you know, this podcast is all about helping firefighters become more resilient and well-rounded so that they can be a force for good within their fire department and their community. But today, I want to talk to you about something that's just as important, 
and that is supporting firefighters who are going through tough times. When one of our fellow firefighters is off work because they have to go to the Center for Excellence, they have to go to rehab, they have mental health issues, or they have other health issues, it really takes away their support system and it wreaks havoc on their finances and their family's finances. And many times these brothers and sisters are left to struggle alone away from their support system and the people who love them without the resources they need to recover. That's why I'm setting a bold new goal. And that is to reach 150 total patrons on Patreon so that we can start a fund to help firefighters and their families during these challenging times. And I need your help to make it happen. With your support on Patreon, we'll be able to provide financial assistance to firefighter families who are battling things like addiction, depression, and cancer. We're going to help alleviate the financial strain that can come with being away from the fire department so that our brothers and sisters can focus on healing and recovering. Now, reaching 150 total patrons is a big goal, but I believe that we can do it together. And when we do, we'll be able to make a real difference in the lives of those who serve and protect alongside us. So, if you're not already a patron, I invite you to join us today. Head over to joinkeepthepromise.com and sign up today. Again, that is joinkeepthepromise.com. And if you already are a patron, thank you so much for your support. You'll be receiving some exclusive rewards and perks as a way of saying thanks. Together, let's show our fellow firefighters that we've got their back just like they always have ours. Thank you for listening. Let's get started with the episode.